this is a Wednesday service where we have opportunity to study God's word and we have everybody's view, everybody's comment as we share and break bread together. And our prayer is that the Lord will grant us grace to do what it is in his mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Now for as many of us who have been in church, you must have um, been with us to know the line and the subject in which we have been studying for a couple of weeks now. And um, I pray that we will be beneficiaries of what the Lord is saying in this season in Jesus' name. And on Sunday, we went um, in one direction which we are trying to uh, break once again this evening where on Sunday we decided to look again at the story of the Shunammite woman, how the Lord indeed blessed her, how the Lord indeed profited her and how the Lord indeed gave her a breakthrough. And the question was very, very simple then. How do we also key in to become this great vessel which the Lord can impact upon, which the Lord can bless, a vessel which the Lord can choose, a vessel which the Lord can, um, can bless, to be very, very precise. And so we look at some things, uh, some qualities that this woman had alongside with other examples and patriarchs of the scripture and we saw what was common to most of them. And we decided to say to ourselves, if we maybe possess one of these three qualities, we may just as well present ourselves as a vessel of honor in which the Lord wants to reward. And the Lord will reward someone in the name of Jesus. And we look at three categories. I don't know if anybody wrote something down and remembered. Did anybody write something down or remember? We did mention, uh, which we're going to look at, one of them holistically this evening. We did mention that one of the things that these individuals possess was the ability to the mindset of surrender, which we talked about um, dying to serve. How many of us remember that? And then we said, in the context of what we have seen, there must be a time where we surrender ourselves so that we either become a vessel to bless others, and not until then that we can also equally, whilst we are presenting ourselves as a vessel to bless, we become the blessed vessels as well. This if, as I was studying, I got to, as I was studying this, uh, for this um, meeting this evening, I got to realize um, that there is a Google search, Google search that says, Google itself with its own devices on Android phones, they made us to understand that for every day, there are over 93 million selfies being taken worldwide. That is one brand of phone. So if you now talk about the Apple phones and the other phones that we do not know, we're talking about double that. So we're talking about over 200 selfies being taken every day. And we talked about how in this context we can die to what? To self. So it also was a complaint that so many people travel without taking a very detailed picture of where they went to. So they, they, they compared the photographs that people take these days 
compared to the same old photograph that people took while they travel, they discovered that few people who travel to new places take very quality pictures of where they are trying to capture. So imagine you travel to a mountain top and somebody back then would take time to try to capture all the angles, the closeness and all. These days, they had a report that shows that people travel without coming back with meaningful or tangible landscape or landmark of where they went to. Just because most of the pictures that are taken are taken in what mode? Selfie mode. So just imagine you are trying to take a selfie of yourself and a mountain behind you. Will you likely capture it very well? compared to someone who just focuses all the lens on the photograph itself. And every day there are over 200 million selfies taken, but missing the real content in which, which is the real background which you want to portray. And that's why you see people trying to take a picture of maybe this hall, and then they miss the, let's say somebody is sitting on the keyboard, I want to take a picture of the keyboard. Because he's taking the selfie mode, you see more of his face and less of the words, less of the words of the keyboard or organ. So you see, we take so much of ourselves, but less of what is much more important. So you see, you are sent on an errand, show me the picture of what is around you, but you see people do not take picture of what, they, we do not usually use the rear camera. Now, if you are in the selfie mode, what are you going to see most likely? What picture or who are you going to see? Your what? Yourself. So you try to capture yourself in the most perfect way. So that is what most of us do. But if you change the, the, the mode, what mode will you have? You will now have the rear view mode. Is that correct? And when you take the rear view, who are you going to see? You will see every other person, but not, but not you. Is that correct? And most times, if I take a selfie of myself, I'm going to see a big picture of myself. If I turn it to the rear view camera, I'm going to see more than one person seated down here and possibly going to capture everyone. Are you getting the point now? So you see, we try to pay so much attention to ourselves, leaving what may be important. And that was what we were talking about on Sunday. So most times we're too concerned about ourselves. Like the Shunammite woman, if she was so much in a selfie mode, she may not have seen the needs of Elijah or his servant. And in fact, I was also reading, saying that there was a research taken for a couple of people, and there was a brand, a new brand of ball pen that was being advertised. And so, well, that was what those who came for the survey were told. Not knowing, they wanted to see how much of self people tried to capture. So they distributed this new ball pen to people, and they gave them a note to write on. And they said to them, write a word using the pen, and try to tell us what your experience about the pen was. The purpose was not about the experience of the pen because it was a dummy pen. It wasn't a real pen. It wasn't a new pen. But they just wanted to see what people really think about when you are told to write something. So what they wanted to know, are you going to write something about yourself, about the environment, or about what? And they discovered that over 85% of those who took the survey, the one word they wrote, can somebody guess? Anybody? 
If you are given a pen to write something, what will you possibly write? Write what? Over 85% of the people that took the survey wrote their names. Praise the Lord. They never wrote about the place. They never wrote about anything. They wrote just their name. So most likely, you and I could have fallen into the same category. So if I give everyone a pen to write something, just a word, you are not going to write God. You are not going to write Jesus. You are not going to write Pastor Femi Paul. You are not going to write lovely environment or whatever. Most likely, we're going to write our names. And that's why the scripture was also very particular when the Bible says that we should be careful in the period in the last days that we're going to find that people will be much more lovers of who lovers of themselves i want to i want you to change that word themselves to myself lovers of who myself so most times we are too much lovers of ourselves that we tend to forget others and so in the bid to forget or to see others from the lens of whatever camera or whatever thing we are writing, we may miss what is much important, which is making ourselves the vessel to help others so that God will also help us. So the story of the Shunammite woman taught us that we must focus a lot of attention to other people, to what is about us. But so what is less about us, but what is more about other people, about God, or whatever you find yourself doing. It may be an act of kindness that we are doing. Focus a little bit more on the act of kindness. That is where God wants you to be at the same at that moment, and that's where God's going to visit you. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now, having understood that, we now discover that. Someone like the Shunammite woman, someone like David, someone like uh, the woman with the alabaster box, which we studied on Sunday, they were people who paid less attention to themselves, but more attention to either other people or to God. So it may be other people that we are serving. It may be a small a small part of church that we may be doing whatever we are doing, but we need to understand that whatever we're doing, as the scripture says, whatever your hands find to do, we should do with what? With all diligence, as unto God, but not unto man. So most times we do whatever we do thinking we need to do it just to please man. But we need to understand that we are doing it lovingly to God and not unto man. Praise the Lord. I, I, I stumbled to a, to a story about um, a, a counselor, a marriage counselor, uh, counseling a couple. And then came this couple who started complaining about themselves, how the marriage is not working, how the husband is not a nice person, and how the wife is not a nice person. And they kept complaining and kept complaining and kept complaining. And then... The, the counselor now gave each of them a piece of paper to write something. And so he gave the wife a piece of paper and said to her, if God was your king, if you're married to God, how will you treat God? And so she began to write this beautiful thing about God and how he will have treated God if God was her husband. Is that correct? So you think for a moment, how will you treat God if God was really your husband? And then if you are a woman here, or if you are a man also, how will you treat God if God was actually your wife? Will it be a bit different? Will it be different? Of course, we want to please God more because it is God we are what? We are married to. And the marriage counselor now reminded them of the scripture where this Bible says, Husband, 
do you remember that scripture? Husbands should do what? Should love their what? Their wives. Is that what is written? Husbands love their wives. Can you complete that scripture? Do you remember? As Christ loved the church and did what? And gave his life for him. So what he was saying is, love is was just an example. Love your wife as see if you are not loving your wife, but you are loving God. And so he read to the woman as well. Women also submit yourself to your husband as what? As unto the Lord. So what was he saying? He was invariably telling the husband and the wife, you are not directly marrying your husband. They are just a vessel. They are just a symbol to show how God can be loved or how you can love God. So the moment we begin to see those individuals as not individuals but God, it will possibly give us a different perspective. The same way we would think less of ourselves if God is here. The same way God is saying, think less of yourself in everything you do because therein may just lie the reward you have. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. So this evening we're just going to look at those 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 angles that we touched the last time and try to see how we can picture our lives into being a Shunammite woman of this day. We, are, we have living testimonies of people who are living such life even up until this day. The one I still love so much was the one now, the lady that shared the testimony that was doing the deco, and I still love those testimonies because it gives me a great impression that we still can live this Bible story lives even in this present day. You know, when you read in scripture how Anna went to pray and Eli met Anna, can you remember? And as we were praying and she was sounding like a what? Like a drunkard and the prophet met her and said, this time next year, whatever you are looking for shall be made unto you. Did it happen or not? And so those stories are written in scripture, but we have people sharing and living those testimonies even here in church. If we begin to write those testimonies and call those people to see how were you able to walk even in the face of want, even in the face of need, to the point where you kept loving God until God showed up for your need. And I love the testimony where this person was walking and doing the deco. I think she was doing it alone, if I remember. So she had no help. Other people, maybe two of them, and then pastor walked in and saw the love that she was giving into it. So we get tired sometimes because you can be doing that. You need to hear what people say when you keep doing what you are doing without results. A lot of things can be said. But she kept doing it until pastor met her and said, look, the Lord is going to visit you. And, and, and as the story goes, it came according to how the Lord said it at the time that the Lord said it. Praise the Lord. That's a good place to clap to praise the name of the Lord. So sometimes if this individual had looked less of herself or maybe gotten discouraged at some point, she may have missed the, the, the encounter with God at a particular time. And so the more we die to self, the more it, we release ourselves to whatever is being done. As the choir was singing, there's a song that they were singing and I saw the lyrics and I loved it. I think it was talking about God being a burning bush. I didn't get it very well. Being a burning bush but never what? 
consumed. And so usually when we, in, in, in the Christendom, when we talk about dying to self, burning up ourself, sometimes you think there will be nothing left. God understands we become like another burning bush. You may be burning, your fire may be glowing, glowing, uh, glowing. People may think you are going to burn off, but within you, just like God, you can't be burning, but you will never get what? Consumed off. So we become, even when the fire settles after the whole experience, the leaves still stay the way they are and they flourish just as God will use you. It's just a fire on us to burn the self, but the glory still remains the glory of the leaf, the glory of the flower, the glory of the tree. But the more or the less we, we put off ourselves, the more God glorifies himself. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So this evening, let's just look at it as how we can relate this to our daily lives. Because that is the reason why we come on Wednesday to see how we can take the pictures of what we're taught on Sunday and live it as a lifestyle. The more we live it as a lifestyle, the more we become a living reality of what God can do for us. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at the first one where we talk about dying to self. And we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, when Paul was saying that he dies daily. He dies how many times daily? And the question is, how can we die daily? Where we take so less selfies of ourselves and we turn the rear cameras to see See what the need may be in church, in another brother, in the people around us, so that we serve others. Remember, the Bible says, he that must be the greatest must first be what? A servant of all. So, in the place of being a servant that we may find ourselves, we, may, we must have to come down sometimes from our high horse. Until then, we may not be able to see what lies below or opportunity for us to serve, to serve where God can help us. And, and in Genesis chapter 22, verse 16, we, we, we also spoke about how God himself tested Abraham to see if what he had was actually genuine for him. Because all God wants to see is genuity in what we do. And we read the story of the Shunammite woman, which I love that part, where what she did, preparing a room for the man of God and a bed. And we read on Sunday that even when she now saw and had a calamity where the child died, she had already prepared something, not in anticipation of what's going to happen, but it became a bedrock for another miracle. So you may be helping someone, you may be doing one thing or the other, and you are saying to yourself, maybe there's no reward. But when the reward comes, and you have calamities or something just happens, whatever good work we may have been preparing may be the same source that God may use to lift us up or a way out of trouble. So whatever we do, like the Bible says, that whatever we do is not in vain. We will always and also reap the reward. So whatever bed we are laying at this point, it may be the bed of love that you are laying. You are working in church in the choir and you are doing something that is magnificent and people are not giving you the accolade. And we are looking so much for accolade. They are not clapping for me. They are not paying attention. The more we do that, we are only doing what? We are only fanning what? The self. For people's opinion, the, the less of God you are lifting up. And so that is why we must understand that dying to self is a daily thing, which we want to look 
look into a little bit deeper to see how we can be like the Shunammite woman who irrespective of all was still doing what she needed to do. The man of God, the Bible says, passed every day, uh, passed very often and often as the man of God passes, she still gave all the good three things she needed to do at the same point. I used to get jealous when, when as a kid, my my maybe some visiting pastors come to visit us and then my father will invite them to the house sometimes maybe they come for a retreat and they have to stay maybe for a week or two or thereabout and sometimes he allows them to stay in a house or sometimes he allows them maybe host them the ones he does most is when he they stay in the house a little bit and then before they come everybody have to scrub the house prepare their room that room becomes a no-go area and all the rest that really doesn't used to bother me but the one that usually bothered me was when these people come to eat the man of god will sit never nobody sit they will keep serving and then they'll bring this food that i've never seen in my life the food will be so plenty they'll put it on the table and the man will just we had this particular one who just loved eating praise the lord so he just keep eating and so when i hear the story of the shunammite woman i'm saying to myself could this be like the kind of food that my mother used to give this man and the man will just keep eating and eating and then you know as kids sometimes you just wait for what will be left so that you just you know you know take but this man will not remain anything on that table so I'm just picturing myself, could Elisha be that kind of person who will come to my father's house and then eat everything? And you are telling me to die to self, praise the Lord. So that's a hard one. So every time they just come and then afterwards, maybe after they have left and everybody's gone, then you go to, to your mom to say, oh, they told us to bring so-so book to school. And then she gives you this excuse, there's no money in the house. And you're saying to yourself, all the money we had in the house, we have used it to feed the what? The man of God. Praise the Lord. So you see, dying to self, I come to learn that these were people who understood kingdom work and ministry. They understand that you just have to do what God has laid in your heart. I loved one of the stories, um, I can't remember one of the pastors that taught us in church one time, that for every place you find yourself doing God's work, and then he asked a question, which we used for, I think we used it for one of the workers meeting as well, right? And we said, for every place you find yourself doing God's work or whatever you do, do you think it was a mistake or your choice or you just found yourself there? And for most of the people that answered, we all said, well, in church, I chose to become a worker. They didn't force me. So it was my choice. So the moment somebody vexed me in church, I can choose to leave. And in fact, something shocking I read today, that 95% of people who leave most churches and ministries live out of offense. It was so shocking. Ah, they did not give me the seat. The only seat that I like sitting. That usher knows I sit in that seat. She did not keep that seat. Offense, she left. So much offense. And so you see, when you see things like that, you know it's, not, it's more about what? That somebody taking and forced is because of offense. The reason why you are still working where you are working is because you can't leave yet because it's paying those, those bills. If you have your way, you'll have left because somebody or your boss had offended you at some point. 
So you see, that is where self is so glorified. They offended me because they didn't give me what? A seat. But did you think, turn that um, selfie camera to somebody else to ask, who sat on my seat? Did the person, was the person, um, was the person also a person like me? Do you get to find the reason why? You know, when you turn the review camera, you now see other people and what other were thinking. So until we turn our camera to see what other people's needs are, we try to feed more of what? Of ourselves. And that's why Paul said, I trust of greed. Is that true? So when you come to church, you are, I didn't enjoy church today. And you ask somebody, ask anybody, every day the person does, says, I didn't enjoy church today. Why? The choir did not sing the song very well, the way I liked it. But how do you ever think if that song ministered grace to someone? Ah, the way, the way they preach today, I just didn't like it. Did you ever think that that preaching also ministered grace to someone? And for every time we ask ourselves, it didn't benefit me. Try to ask yourself, did you even, if this man of God should just, should just, if I should just do all these nice things so that she would just know that I need a child and give me a child, would that be self or not? That would be self, but that was not the case. And so we look, we look at, we look deeply this evening. How can we, in our real life, be a practical dying to self, Shunammite woman, that we think less of ourselves and invariably become a vessel in which God, in which God blesses or rewards? Is that possible or not? I say, is that possible or not? Where we can do something and consciously enough, conscious enough to be, to, to know that today is not just about self, but it's about what God wants or how, the, how to please whatever is around me so that God becomes a vessel in which God wants to use. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, praise the name of the Lord. So we read also, before, just before we go into that, we read, uh, one of the stories I love so much was, um, I usually read when David said, I will not give unto God that which cost me. Do we know that, that verse? Can we say it? I will know what? Which cost me nothing. Now let me ask, does anybody know the story behind why he said so? Anybody? the very event behind it that made him say, I will not give God that which cost me nothing. Anybody? Neither did I. I never knew the story behind what made him say so. I used to assume maybe he wanted to give God 10 million naira and then he said, no, I won't give God 10 million naira. And now got to read the story over the weekend for the first time and then I saw that he actually wanted to make a sacrifice and then he needed to buy a plot of land or a, he needed to buy a plot of land. Let me just put it that way. And then when he got to the place where he needed to buy whatever he needed to buy, then the person there said, ah, the king of the world have come, the king of Israel. And the person said, instead of me selling to the king, I would rather dash the king the plot of land. And then David said, ah, this plot of land, I want to use it to sacrifice to God. It, was, it could have been easy for him to just receive it and do what? And use it for a sacrifice or whatever he needed to do. Yeah, there is it. He said, then the king said to um, Arona, he said, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a what? For a price. So somebody needed to give him something, but he said he would instead buy it for a price. He said, 
nor will I offer burnt offering to the Lord my God without which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of what? Of silver. So that is self dying to self or him dying to self so that he can do whatever he needed to do. And the Lord heard his prayer and the Lord will hear somebody's prayer here this evening in Jesus name. So let's be practical. Can we have the microphone? Now you've heard the summary. You've heard the opening statement. A, a flow over from what we started on Sunday. Now in practical sense, how can we get to the point where we die to self? Remember, we're talking about doing something that is far beyond the call of duty and this is just what we needed to talk about so that we create a mindset of dying to self so that we maintain whatever needed to be done. So like David who gave unto the Lord that which cost him something. He could have given, he could have received what was given to him for free and still have done the, the sacrifice a hundred percent, but buying it as well was something he did beyond what was expected, beyond the call of duty, and the Lord indeed answered his prayer. So let's have the mic if you can, if you want to make a contribution, let's just see your hand. And what we're talking about is how in a practical sense can we be an example of someone who dies to self in our daily living so that we become, we have the mindset of giving God or doing something far beyond the call of our duty. Praise the Lord. Anybody can... Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. creation it appears to me then that the most formidable enemy of the right mindset that helps us to go far beyond the call of duty which opens endless possibilities of blessings upon our lives that the most formidable enemy we have is within us and that is self it's from self you get selfie and you showed us the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, In the end, perilous times will come. Why? Because men will be lovers of themselves. So I believe that what you want to find out from us is whether we know other enemies of that right mindset, which is what we need if we're ever going to be able to go far beyond the call of duty. Is that it? Yes, sir. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate the senior pastor for that. Now, did we, did we get the direction we're going? So, did we get it? Are we together here? So, basically, so what you have heard is, for everything we need to do, we're saying you need to have that mindset. So, for, but unfortunately, for everything we do, we try to focus very much on ourselves, rather on any other thing which can be a pointer to what God wants us to do. So let's just look at those things that can be a distraction that makes us, instead of being 
um, dying to ourselves, we still remain or allow ourselves more to come into play, thereby possibly can hinder what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. Let's have contribution from anybody, randomly, anybody that wants to contribute. Any hands up? Any hands up? No hands up yet. Okay, there's a hand up here. Please let's appreciate Sister Daniela, Minister Daniela Ashi. Good evening, church. Good evening, ma'am. Okay, um, I want to look at it from this perspective. Um, looking at um, Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary, you know, he, she, that's another example of him not being focused on himself. Because if he was focused on himself, he, you know, he wouldn't have considered the, the thief that was by, by his side. So, by his side, rather. So, what am I trying to say? So, he said, let this mind of Christ be in us. So, if our focus is on Christ, say, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. So, it becomes easy for us. But if we kind of, um, like he said, if, we, if we're using the, the, the selfie, the self-camera to, you know, we just see ourselves. So, like, you know, the teaching today have said. So, we have to look beyond ourselves, just like Pastor said. So, dying to ourselves is like daily looking onto Jesus, looking at that cross. That what is your purpose? What is your goal? Why are you doing this? What's the reason for you doing it? So it's beyond you. It's, it's beyond you. It has to do with what you have been called to do. What you want to achieve. Do you really have an understanding of why you are there? Why are you standing? What are you standing for? So if we have this understanding, it helps us to focus. To keep our eyes focused on Jesus. So it's easier to overcome that temptation. Then, if we can see Jesus considering the thief by his side, even while he was dying, that it will be easy for us to see those around us that are suffering, then it's easy for us to help. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Please, let's appreciate her. We can do much better than that. Let's appreciate her very much for that. So, she has given, any other hands up? Let me see. She has given a pointer to say, Another example is Jesus on the cross. But I would have loved to ask you if I can engage you for a minute, if you can help with the uh, mic again. Um, so you gave an example of Jesus. So what I wanted to ask is, like Jesus who focused less on himself, even on the dying cross, he, looks, he still looked at the thief that was on his right to say, Father, tonight or today you shall be with me in paradise. How... Can you relate that to a daily living of what we do, maybe work, a family, or whatsoever, looking irrespective of what may be going around to focus on somebody else? Can you give such example? Is that practicable? If it's practicable for you? Okay, um, how to relate it to, okay, maybe the daily challenge, okay, daily yes. living. Okay, I would look at it, um, looking at maybe as, as a worker mm. and in my department. Okay, we have responsibilities. You know what you've been called to do. And um, at times, you know, you feel, okay, because I'm not the HOD, I cannot um, take responsibilities. I cannot do this. 
So it becomes a problem in some departments, you know, doing the work. The thing is, do you even understand why you're there in the first place? Yeah. The HOD is not like, you know, the owner of the department. He's not the one that's supposed to carry out the duty. He's just supposed to be there to, like, guide, oversee, administer, or, like, like an administrator, kind of. So, if you know what you're called to do, if you have a passion for what you're doing, it makes it easy for you to do your job without waiting, like, maybe the HOD is not there, nobody will see me to know that I'm doing this thing. So, I mean, I won't do it, except somebody's there to notice me. So, it's about me again. Yeah. So that's... Praise the Lord. Let's, let's appreciate her for that. Now, that is a real practical example. And there's something, um, I think it was the last workers' meeting. For those who were in the last workers' meeting that we had, um, there was something uh, when Minister Okewo came, when he was expressing his displeasure about those who, um, for uh, workers that didn't show up and all the rest, and how at some point he felt a bit discouraged and all the rest, but that later he now encouraged himself to say that whatever we're doing, we are doing it unto the Lord, and who will also reward us for whatever we're doing. And that was the general summary of what we took away from that workers meeting now it will shock you to know that um, I think that was on the Saturday on the Sunday as well pastor was speaking to us in his office and he was talking in a direction of something else and he related ex those exact words which was whoever is doing anything for the Lord must understand he's doing it not for he's doing the, he's doing it not just for God but also for his own good. I don't I don't know if you remember. And he said that so he's he, he's done with trying to drag people when people do not understand that it's not just for him or for others. It's also mainly for their own good. And that's why she mentioned the purpose in which you are doing whatever you're doing. So if you don't understand why we are doing it, we may just try to get so much of attention. And, and if we don't get those attention, believe you me, it has a way of getting back to your emotions. And also as I was studying, I need to drop this as well, that it was proven, Google said, that most people that post pictures of their selfie and do not get responses become a little bit moody more than, um, they get moodier just before they had posted the picture. Has it happened to you before? Have you ever tried posting something in the morning and there's no response? Your, your hair is fine. Your face is fine. The clothes is fine. Everything is fine. Everything, whatever made you post that picture should have maybe 1,000 likes. And from morning till night, from morning, after one hour you go and check, only one person, one person viewed then one hour later, 100 people viewed no comments. How do you feel? You know, you feel more miserable just before you posted that picture. You could have just kept yourself, look fine, just walk on the street, go wherever you are going. But you posted the picture and somebody is seeing you the way you are looking and you are still frowning. And they are wondering why are you frowning? Because nobody has liked your what? Your selfie. Because you are yet to die to self. Praise the Lord. Somebody one more time celebrate Sister Daniela. For her contribution. So that is how it all goes. So these are the enemies of what can try to, you know, make you do whatever you're not supposed to do. Let me just add one just before I get um, another contribution. There's, uh, there's somewhere I was reading that said, 
one of the biggest temptations in, in life, one of the biggest temptations in life is people trying to applaud you beyond where you should be. Applaud you beyond where you should what you should be. You know you can sing very well. I don't know why they have not made you HOD. If not that they are not seen or somebody is jealous. You know somebody can clap you into glory that you should not be. And the moment you begin to say, uh, you know, sometimes you, don't, you didn't even look at it in that direction. Some people start to clap you to the glory that is not yet your time. You know, you can single in case they didn't tell you. You are even finer than the, you are more presentable. In fact, you are the real, you are the real Grace Assembly brand. The reason why they have not kept you, I don't know. The reason why you are still backup singer till today, I don't know. Has anybody experienced that? When somebody tries to flame, you are trying to die to self, but somebody is trying to keep you alive to self. That is enemy number one. They try to fan you to your, you are trying to die. They say to you, you will not die today. You will be the, you will be the Grace Assembly brand. Have anybody fallen into that? Just like Sister Daniela said, sometimes you are not the head, but the head is telling you to do something. And you are looking at yourself. To be truthful, you have more qualification, more skill, and more everything than whoever is giving you that instruction. Like you said, like she said, you need to understand the purpose of why you are there at that time. Joseph was the dreamer. He was a king in the making. But even whilst he was in prison, he did not allow himself to be found more than he should be. So that itself is one of those places where you can find yourself, where you are found to glory and somebody tried to, to sell you more than you should sell yourself. And the more they find you to glory, if you fall into that temptation or bind into it, you will just enter the doom which you are not supposed to. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So that's another example and that's another direction I'm taking us. That's another example to what we are talk, talking about. What can the enemies of, the enemies that try to make you alive to self instead of dying to self. Praise the Lord. Any other contribution? Yes, there is a hand there. Do we have any other hand? Please let the brother there have the mic. Please celebrate him even before he says anything. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I want to look at the, sometimes um, the issue about dying to self can be because you want to preserve yourself. Sometimes it's about self-preservation. You know, um, there's a word, a parlance we use in Yoruba, we say, Mio waku. I can't come and die. Now, sometimes the pressure of what you're doing, what you're supposed to live up to, can be tall. You know, and it takes a lot of faith in God to understand that you will actually not die. So sometimes it's actually self preservation that makes you not to be able to die, you know, to self. For instance, I have to be in church Monday morning, you know, Tuesday. Sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, so in a bit to preserve, you know, yourself, it's difficult for you to die to self. That's praise the Lord. Please let's appreciate him for that. So, um, if I get what you said, you are trying to say sometimes the, maybe the pressure of what you need to attain can also be a factor that doesn't allow you to die to self. Is that what you said? So that itself is very correct. So sometimes you may have a responsibility on yourself. 
The responsibility may be more than you can bear. And that is why leadership skill is also important. I've seen a leader in this church trying to do everything, almost killing herself just because others are not helping or she couldn't delegate duty at some point. And those are the times where somebody will say, uh, what, how did you put it? I cannot come and die. Or there's another slang we say, no be me kill Jesus. You understand? So when you get to that point where you are telling yourself, I cannot come and die, you know, you, you're getting to the point where you're saying, it's almost a place of... Um, where you, you resign to self and say, okay, maybe that's not even my lot. Maybe that's not even my calling. And then we resign to what God is about or what, what God is really putting us in place to do. One more time, let's appreciate him for his contribution. Do we have any more contribution? Let's have one or two more just before we wrap this up. Any other one? Okay, sir. Um, just to keep our... Um focus on the right mindset. As long as we talk about flesh or no flesh, we tend to drift away from the reason why we're talking about this. Without the right mindset, we will never go far beyond the call of duty. So we will never qualify for what has been taught to us. If you talk about self, it, or self-centered or selfie, it will not galvanize you. When you know what you are missing, that will keep you awake. One of the enemies of the right mindset, as you are talking, I picked it from what you are saying. It never occurred to me before. There are only two types of voices in your life. Those that feed your flesh and yourself, that makes you do selfie all the time. And those that feed your spirit, that will help you obtain the right mindset and go far beyond the call of duty and become an outstanding person in the sight of God. There are only two voices. So when somebody comes to feed your flesh, your flesh becomes fatter than your spirit and dictates what you do. They say, okay, so you can sing more than the Linda. So why did they not give it to you? They must be jealous of you. You are even fine and so on. If quickly now we learn to decipher which part of me. And everybody has spirit and flesh. Hello? Is there somebody here that doesn't have flesh? You know, Paul says there's no good thing in my flesh. When somebody comes, no matter how nice a person looks, no matter how well the person says it, if what the person is saying you realize is feeding your flesh, that is when you need to, in your mind, say, get thee behind me, Satan. When Peter told the Lord, you will not go to the cross, far be from you. Instantly, the Lord, that's the only time he answered him, get thee behind me, Satan. And so, let's us here stop talking about other people. Do we feed people's flesh or do we feed their spirit? Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, answer now. Do you feed other people's flesh? Praise the Lord. Well, that's another angle. I think while we were speaking, there was a message you preached one time. Um, I can't remember the topic, but was talking about hearing God continuously or keeping um, in tune with what God was saying. And then there's something you, there was something you added to it way back. I can't remember what that said was, if you are not allowing the message that is taught, that is always taught in church to 
come into us, the reality is when you leave, the ear cannot do without hearing something. Is it that you hear it from here? If you decide not to allow it to feed into your ear, when you go out, you will shall hear something else. So it depends on what you now decide to always hear. And that's why it requires a conscious effort. So if you are not hearing it here, the reality is something, something we shall speak to the ear because the mind and the ear can never stay without hearing something. So if we keep forgetting what is being taught on the altar in our meetings and thereabouts, when we go out, if those words don't resound, something else will do what will resound. Whether what you read, what you hear people talk, something will always he enter your ear. And that word I've kept, I've kept it so deeply in my heart that whatever, if the moment you start hearing something and going in that direction, it doesn't mean that God did not speak on this altar. It's just that you have paid more attention to something else more than what is being taught in this place. Praise the Lord. And that's why it's important to note that God is never void of his word. That is why when a message is preached on Sunday, it's like Pastor Steve would say, we come on Wednesday to refill. Is that correct? So if we leave us ourselves for one week, we cannot contain it. Somebody will say something. And the things that would take preeminence may, be, may just be a soft word from someone else. Discouraging words are usually very soft. It may just be a reminder of what you've lost. So like the senior pastor said, are you also even, we can also even be guilty of what we are even asking for, which means we can be the ones even fanning other people's flesh or giving somebody a different mindset of what he needs to have been doing. So it, that is why it's called mindset. And mindset means you must, it must become a part of you. It must become a part of you. Jesus in all, you can, like you said concerning Jesus, she also said concerning Jesus, there are times when Jesus hears words. The Satan came to speak to him. What did he say? Get behind. He had another word to counter the word. Because whatever you hear becomes and forms you. Whatever you hear becomes and does what forms you. In fact, um, psychologists have made us to understand that there are two kinds of mindset that can, be, that can be governized. It can either be formed from your birth, which means you, you grew up in, um, let's say you grew up in the east, so you will likely behave like a what? Like an easterner. If you become, grow up in the north, you likely behave like a what? Like a northerner, because that is where you are born. So even if your family is here in Lagos, the, okay, yeah, it's called cultural mindset. The culture there will try to governize you. And the second one is called the environmental mindset, which means you grow up as an evil person, but you now grow, you now live maybe in the U.S. And then your environmental factor begins to form you. Now it's proven that the one that is most powerful is not where you are born. So you can be born from anywhere, but the environment you will find yourself at last is what will likely form you. So you can grow up from a bad home and turn out to be a good person because you'll find yourself in the right people with the right, right mindset. Also, you can also grow up in a place, you can be born in a place that is flourishing, but the more you allow negativity come in, then you begin to have a different mindset, a negative mindset, which will choke whatever has been grown in you. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I said the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So as we just begin to wrap this up, it's important we know that beyond, beyond 
trying to die to self, we must understand that it is more of a mindset which we must grow. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, as we begin to bring this to a close, in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, yes, multimedia help us with Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be what? Conformed to the world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of the mind. So what we are trying to say that the mind is the key. And he went ahead to say that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect what? Will of God. So in all, we must understand that the renewing of the mind must be a continuous thing. If I must understand that God will reward me, if I must understand that God has rewarded me or has something good for me uh, in the near future or in his promised time, then I must have that renewed mind to be able to press on to whatever I'm doing. Because discouragement may come, but a renewed mind will do what? Keep forging ahead. The Lord will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Has somebody been blessed this evening? Why don't you celebrate God for his word? So as we bring this to a close, it's important, just as we said, these are the only way we can keep doing what we are doing so that we get to the point we go far beyond what we are called to do, far beyond our call of duty. You may be a student, you may be working, you may be a, a family, whatever your hand lays to do. Let's just keep at it like the Shunammite woman. You really don't know when God will show up. And if we do not get discouraged, God will show us show up at the right time and it will never be late in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In one minute, I just need you to close your eyes and just thank the Lord for what is worth this evening and pray for the grace to have a renewed mind, a grace to do go beyond what you are doing, a grace to go far beyond what is expected of me, far beyond what is expected of, of me as an individual, as a group. Let's just pray for God to grant us the grace that we must we be able to understand the reason to have a renewed mind in whatever we're doing so that we'll forge ahead, we'll keep the light burning, we'll keep our focus and we understand the purpose. Like the scripture says that we may, we may understand what is the will of God. God. And as we continue to keep at it, we pray that the Lord will grant us grace more than we've ever expected. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. And so, Lord in heaven, we thank you this evening for your word. We pray for grace beyond every other thing. We pray for grace to continue to have a renewed mind in the purpose in which you have called us, in the purpose of whatever we are doing, that we may go far beyond that which is expected of us, wherein lies our reward. And for everyone who have stayed the course, we pray that our reward will come at the right time in the mighty name of Jesus. As we prayed, we believe, and so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a shout and a clap offering. Amen. The Lord bless us. I want to believe we are blessed as we continue um, to stay on course. Let's just continue to pray for one another. God will grant us grace in Jesus' name.